What is going on, podcast lovers, and how was your weekend? Welcome back. See, on the last show, I told you guys that apparently the weather on the weekend was supposed to be terrible, and I also told you that I didn't trust meteorologists, and then look what happens. Saturday actually turned out to be a pretty nice day. Okay, Sunday, not so much. Yesterday was kind of dark and depressing and damp and whatever, but, you know, 50-50, or what's it, 50-50, or one out of two ain't bad, or however you want to phrase it. At least you got Saturday, right? Anyways, so what did you guys do? Um, did you barbecue? Did you clean the house? Did you consume copious amounts of alcohol? Or, or and, did you watch the big UFC on Saturday night? Because if you didn't, what a goddamn show you missed. Um, like, long story short, it started with a kid with green hair who was in his first ever UFC fight, and he turned out to be a goddamn robot against a guy who apparently is the next UFC big superstar in Sean O'Malley. Yes, I said O'Malley. He's Irish too, and it looks like he'll be taking the throne from the other Irish king of mixed martial arts. Anyways, uh, if you, so if you missed it, this kid O'Malley... Um, he's, he's an amazing fighter. He's great. He's undefeated, but the kid he fought was insanely tough. Uh, I heard a stat that during that fight, he got hit with over 200 different kinds of strikes before the ref finally figured it was enough was enough. This kid was getting destroyed and he stopped the fight for basically this kid for, you know, fear of this kid dying in the octagon, I would imagine. But he was like an absolute zombie, you know, no matter what he got hit with, he just kept coming forward and, and moving the pace not really much offense, but he kept coming forward, and I'm not really sure that's the best strategy in a fist fight, but that's what he did nevertheless. Um, so yeah, very entertaining fight. I hope the kid's okay. Apparently he went to a hospital immediately after the fight was over, and if you watched the fight, you would understand why. And then, of course, um, you know the big UFC ended with Conor McGregor, McGregor snapping his leg um, as he backed up, uh, attempting to avoid a punch from Poirier, and I guess that's how the trilogy is going to end between these two. Um, but the way Connor snapped his leg, dear God, that looked painful. Um, you know, I told you guys I would also be having beers for the fight, which I was. Um, basically, when I got off work on Saturday, I spent my in late afternoon to early evening prior to the fight cleaning and vacuuming my car because I took my dogs to the dog park. And the mud inside the upholstery was just awful on the leather upholstery there. So as I'm cleaning my car, you know, I'm having a few daddy sodas on a beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon that the meteorologist said was going to rain all day. Um, and then I tried these jerk chicken wings from, um, where did I got them from? Uh, um, not no, uh, Freshco. I got them from the Freshco gimmick there. Um, they're on sale right now for 10 bucks a box. So I love chicken wings. I love jerk. And I figured, hey, what the hell, right? Uh, they're on sale. I'll give them a shot. Uh, you get a lot of wings in a box for 10 bucks. I got to give them a thumbs up. You, you know, they give you a healthy portion. Um, the spiciness of the jerk wasn't all that great, but for a frozen box of wings, it had great flavor. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed them so much on Saturday night that I actually went back and got another box on Sunday. So, uh, put those in the old freezer for maybe another fight night. Who knows? But funny enough, after I murdered those chicken wings, cause I was starving for some reason, um, I laid down on the couch between uh, the main event and the fight that was previous to the main event. I laid down with my dogs, and I was just sitting on the couch laying and just snuggling with them. And the next thing I knew, I woke up and I was watching cricket, because somehow I had passed out and missed the main event. So um, I had to watch it on Sunday morning when I got to work. I streamed it on my phone, 
Uh, and I, obviously I didn't want to open my phone to Twitter or anything else because I would have known the main events, uh, the spoiler, so I didn't want to, I, I didn't check shit. So um, I, I guess the, the bottom line here is apparently waking up at 5 a.m. and going to work, coming home and cleaning your car, um, you know, while doing some afternoon drinking and then smashing chicken wings and then trying to stay up till 1 a.m. isn't possible for me anymore at 42 years old. Uh, I feel old, I feel dated. Uh, I feel like I've given up, or sorry, not given up. I feel like I've been given up on by life. Like if I if I can't even make it till one o'clock in the morning anymore, I don't know. It's uh it's pretty sad, but uh, I feel old, guys. I mean, I don't look old because I still look like I'm in my probably late twenties to early thirties. I still get carded sometimes at the beer store, which is amazing because I'm there so often. But it does happen. Um, but fuck me, man. I mean, what happened? I used to, I don't know. I used to be able to stay up all night and, you know, go to work. No, no problem. Do that shit standing on my head. But now my back hurts if I cough too hard in the morning. So I don't know, man. Shit's starting to catch up. Anyways, uh, back to the UFC for a second. Cause I just wanted to touch on one thing. One of the takeaways I got from the buildup to the fight last night. And one, sorry, let me start that again. One of the takeaways I got overall uh, was from the build-up for the fight last night and then the press conference after the fight um, because it got to show me how different people really are. So, okay, so I, I know this is a very vague statement, so let me explain that, I guess, because it doesn't make any sense. So sometime last week, a story came out that Dustin Poirier's wife was attempting to slide into Conor McGregor's DMs. For you older folks out there who don't understand what that means, it's basically how the kids describe trying to have intercourse with somebody by direct messaging them on social media or Instagram or some other fucking stupid social media app. So that's what sliding into the DMs mean, right? So that, I don't know where that came from, but it, it did come out at some point that that happened, right? So then during a press conference prior to the fight, a reporter brought this story up to Poirier and he laughed it off. Okay, so... He doesn't believe the story. He doesn't believe that his wife was trying to, you know, get with Conor McGregor. I got, I don't know, I, I wouldn't either. I get that. But then Conor McGregor started talking shit uh, when he realized about something about the story came out, right? So he starts saying how Poirier's wife was a tramp and, you know, some other unflattering things about her and their marriage, to say the least, right? So uh, Connor also went off as he usually does, saying things like, you know, he's going to murder Poirier, he's going to leave the octagon in a body bag and on a stretcher and a bunch of other shit. So then fast forward, and now the fight's over, Poirier wins, Connor is actually the one leaving the octagon on a stretcher, oddly enough, and at the press conference after the fight, a reporter asks Poirier about Connor's trash talk. And um, even when the fight was over, and Connor's leg was broken, and he's sitting on the canvas getting his leg splinted, an emergency splint situation, he's still saying shit about Poirier's wife, and you could hear it on, on the pay-per-view. So Dustin Poirier tells the reporter that he actually didn't give a shit about any of the stuff Connor was saying about his wife. Uh, what made him the most upset and drove him to win the fight and want to actually destroy Connor was Connor saying the, something along the terms, something along the lines of, um, I'm going to murder him, uh, he's going to die in the octagon. Um, I couldn't understand that, and I still don't. But at the same time, I guess that's what makes people so unique, because personally, if I'm Poirier, right, and if I'm in his position, and you tell me before the fight that you're going to kill me, I'm kind of fine with that, because isn't that really the business that we've signed up for? Isn't that the business that we're in? I mean, 
I know that Conor McGregor didn't actually mean murder like he was going to take the guy's life. It was obviously a metaphor. But Poirier took that to heart, man. And I don't know, man. But 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 then you go on national television and then you call my wife a tramp and insult her to every, the whole world and insult my marriage. Okay, well, now you've crossed a line and bad things are about to happen because that, that's the way I feel. That's my biggest takeaway is um, it's just crazy to me how different people can be like what offends you doesn't offend me so much and what doesn't offend you offends me and that sort of thing and I'm a guy who's really hard to offend and I mean super really hard to offend I mean it takes a lot there's not a lot of things that fucking make me go red but I do have my triggers I mean it just it's just the way it is like damn if someone had said something about my grandma back in the day when she was alive oh it was fucking game on boy so um like I said I, I, I just find it crazy especially when um, you know, these guys who are in the UFC, they're absolute killers. And, you know, somehow if you insult them in the right way, you can still emotionally hurt these guys. And that amazes me because I thought these guys were above that shit, knowing that it was just pre-fight talk and trying to build up for pay-per-view buys and all that horse shit. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but that shit amazes me. So that's, uh, that's all I've got to say about the UFC. So let's move on from the UFC. Um, let's get this uh, onto something else that continues to amaze me, and that is social media. More specifically, Twitter. I told you guys a couple of episodes ago that the Frisbee golf community was attacking me, and I was pretty surprised on how many people were attacking me, and whatever, I, I can laugh it off. I really don't give a fuck. I found it very entertaining. Well, that finally stopped, thankfully, um, because it was getting kind of out of hand. You know, these Frisbee golf people, the way some of these people came at me, you would have thought that I kidnapped you know, whoever the Kobe Bryant was of, of Frisbee golf. I don't know who the fuck that is, but just the, 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 the vile things they were saying. Anyways, but I'm on Twitter on Saturday afternoon, and I follow the Tampa Bay Buccaneers site, as everyone should, who's a Buccaneers fan. Or what the hell, just follow them just because the hell of it. And um, up on the, their feed, it uh, pops up a tweet from the Bucks that it's Antonio Brown's birthday. And everyone should wish him, send him birthday wishes and all this horse shit. Um, for, you know, for those of you who are unaware, uh, Antonio Brown is a wide receiver for the Bucks, and he, in my opinion, is the epitome of human garbage. I, I, that's just, that's the nicest way I can say it. I'm not going to get into all the reasons why, because there are just way too many incidents to talk about. But if you're curious and you want to know what I'm talking about, just Google Antonio Brown, and you will easily kill 45 minutes of your day reading what a fucking scumbag this guy is. So anyways, instead of being a, a fanboy because he's a buck and I simply, you know, I, a lot of people are like, oh, happy birthday, Antonio. I love you. You're the best. But man, I'm fucking garbage. Um, I, I took the, the low road and well, I, I don't know if I want to call it low road, but I, I wrote my what I believe. And all I wrote was, and this is word for word what I wrote. I wish he wasn't on our team. I wish he never got a ring. Some people just, just don't deserve to be successful. That's exactly what I wrote. I don't think that was that bad. That's everything. That's word for word I wrote, right? And um, and if you know anything about the guy, you would understand why I wrote that. Well, holy fuck did I ever start some shit. It took one guy to respond to my tweet by writing three simple words. He wrote, no one asked. So, you know, I get the notification that somebody responded to something that I wrote, and I opened my phone, and when I read it, I smiled. Okay, fine. No one asked. Fair enough. And then I closed my phone. Well, that smile that I fucking initially had pretty fucking quickly disappeared 
because then it was a barrage of people liking that guy's response to my eventual tweet. So every three or four minutes, it was another ding, ding, ding. And then it was people attacking me again, saying, I have no class, and he's a changed man, and how dare you try to cancel Antonio Brown. And now I'm, I'm reading these things, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm trying to cancel Antonio Brown? That piece of shit should have been canceled way before now. And I really don't understand all of the hate that came towards me. I mean, do you people who are writing this stuff, and obviously it's not my audience, I would assume it's not my audience, but do these people all forget the things that this guy has done? Abusing women on multiple occasions. Being a horrible father. And I mean horrible. If you watch the video of him swearing at the police in front of his kids, he's just, it made me want to fucking throw up. It's just a horrible person. And then he makes racist comments towards white people, calling them crackers and all this horse shit. Um, and, and then the absolute disrespect he gave to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the Raiders, and then the Patriots. But now somehow, I'm publicly num public enemy number one because of what I wrote. Okay, I, I, I don't understand. I really don't understand. And then someone else writes and says, keep your opinions to yourself, and that's not what Twitter is for. Are you insane? Isn't that exactly what Twitter is for, or am I fucked up here? This shit is so frustrating. Uh, I, I, oh my god. Um, and as of this morning, uh, so I'm recording this at 3.30 in the afternoon, so I, 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 uh, as of this morning, the last time I looked, it had 147 likes and several responses, uh, obviously, to, to my comment, and not one of them was positive or nice to me in any manner, by the way. So, again, just people just... Fucking, I swear, Twitter is the most negative space on social media. It's, it's the most negative platform out of all of them. It's just awful. I mean, it's great for finding funny shit, but God forbid you express yourself or an opinion that varies from somebody else because now you're in for a long day of your phone going off every five minutes. And yes, for anyone out there who's saying, just turn off your notifications. Absolutely, you can turn off your notifications. I, I get that, but you know, I, I have other interests on social media and it just so happens that my notifications are on so yes i understand i can mute my phone i can also turn off notifications so i get that uh, all right well let's uh let's move on to something else uh, uh let's see what do we got here uh well we're gonna do some headlines for sure today and we're also gonna do some headlines from your phone that you'll never see on tv but first let's get to the social media plugs uh, let's get them out of the way and I'm sure you guys, at least one person out there listening, is asking themselves why I constantly bombard you guys every episode with these plugs. Well, because maybe we have first-time listeners, uh, you know, and these people need to know how to follow me and contact me for when I have polls or when I have questions or when I actually have prizes to give away, which is coming up very shortly, by the way. Uh, so just so you guys know, that's how people like this woman from that company who contacted me for, for possible business reasons, this is how they contact me. So I got to do this. I know some of you are sick of hearing it. Uh, it is what it is. You can skip for 30 seconds if you don't. But here we go. On Facebook, I am Jay Cowell. On Instagram, I am host.enviro.pod. On TikTok, I am at the hostile environment pod. On Twitter, the evil, evil Twitter, I am at podcast underscore hostile. The email is j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. And, of course, Patreon, um, you know, I'm still pretty broke. Still pretty broke. So, uh, I don't understand. No, 
No coffees. Okay, I understand. Anyways, at P- Patreon, I am the Hostile Environment Podcast. Uh, don't forget Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all your major platforms. Subscribe. Never miss an episode. Give me a five-star rating. All that beautiful shit, right? Okay, now that those are out of the way, let's do some headlines, shall we? Let's start off with an, uh, a funny one. Uh, great real estate opportunity if you if you love water. A 7.7 hectare lot with a small house is for sale in a protected bay on the Canadian side of Lake Erie and is listed at just $99,000. And with the average price of homes in that area being anywhere uh, in the neighborhood of $668,000, this seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Well, it is. The house and most of the property is entirely underwater. This property is presently underwater, but could have endless possibilities in the future. Just be creative, the listing reads. The real estate agent declined to comment on what those future possibilities may be when asked for comment. Uh, Just so you guys know, water lots, or submerged lots, is the technical term, are not very common in Canada. They are typically used for storage of boats and other water vessels or even for logs, and in some areas, they are home to fish farms. There you go. Uh, they are currently at least, there are currently at, uh, at least three entirely underwater properties listed on Canada's multiple listing services. The vacant lot on Brock Street in the village of Shrewsbury, Ontario, is about 105 kilometers east of Detroit City and uh, has no actual address. Uh, though the neighborhood apparently gets high marks for being quiet and very car-friendly. So there you go. If you want to live near Detroit and you want to live in an underwater house like Atlantis, like Aquaman, then fucking um, good for you. There you go. All right, what are we at? We are 18 minutes in already. How the fuck did that happen? All right, Um, before I get to my next headline, I would be remiss if I didn't actually congratulate the great country of Italy for winning the 2020 Euro Cup in what can only be described as a victory in the most boring, hard-to-watch sport on earth. I, 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 I'm sorry, guys. I get it. Soccer or European football is the most watched sport on earth. I know that. Uh, but it also has, by far, the most hardcore fans. And I hate it. I fucking hate it. I don't understand it. I hate it. I've tried so many times to watch it, the World Cup, the Euros Cup, all this stuff, um, because I love almost every sport. I'm obviously a massive NFL guy, first and foremost. That's my number one. But I love baseball. I love the hockey. I love the Leafs. I'm obviously a WWE guy, or used to be anyways. I think I'm pretty much done with wrestling now. I think I'm, it's time. And uh, obviously, I love the UFC. I love all that shit, right? That's, so that, that's my, that's my, those are my go-tos. Um, I struggle watching basketball. I love playing it. Um, I, I don't really, I don't really care for watching it. I, I think it's a little fucking, you know. You watch the last five minutes. That's all you need to really watch. Um, and I have no fucking idea how anybody in the world can watch golf. But soccer is just awful. You know the flopping around and the drama and the lack of scoring. Not to mention some of the assholes who actually destroy their own cities and towns and whatever. Or attack people like happened yesterday quite a bit where English people attacking all these Italian fans. 
And, and, you know, then there's other stories of murders, you know, killing referees, killing goalies who let in a goal and all this stuff. I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, it's insane. Soccer just makes no sense to me. Um, and I, I guess all those hooligans and the other 85 million people who watch soccer and love it, they know something I don't. I, 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 good for you, man. If you love it, I got, that's awesome. But I, I, I personally, I, I'm done with soccer. I fucking, unless Greece is in it and I'm watching with my Greek friends, I really, I can't. So, uh, that's what the conclusion I came to yesterday watching that horrible game. Um, but speaking of hooligans, actually, uh, funny thing, I posted a, a picture yesterday on Facebook and Instagram of, oh, and Twitter of an English hooligan with a firecracker up his ass, right? So immediately, and I'm talking like within like five minutes of me posting that picture, uh, the Instagram naked nudity police or whatever you want to call them were immediately on me and they took down my post and they warned me that another infraction would get me in like Instagram jail or possibly even canceled on Instagram. So, okay, I sucked it up and it is what it is, but it was still on Facebook and people were still commenting on it until I went to bed. And then at some point, uh, the nudity Facebook police came for me while I was sleeping because in the, uh, when, I, um, when I woke up, uh, I had the notifications that said all oh, my, my shit was taken down. And um, because Facebook owns Instagram, uh, of course they do, I'm pretty sure, uh, oh, they also own almost every other social media app, I think, too. I know they own WhatsApp, too, maybe something else. I'm pretty sure, but it was the same nudity cops because I don't think there would be a big uh, discrepancy between Facebook and, and Instagram. I'm pretty sure it's the same cops on it. But so the funny thing is, so, so I'm, 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 I'm suspended off Instagram and I'm or not suspended. Sorry. I'm warned. I will be suspended off Instagram. And then I'm warned that they're going to cancel my Facebook account, which I really don't give a fuck. I hate Facebook. So that wouldn't really bother me all that much. Instagram is actually kind of helpful for me right now. Um, but Twitter, Twitter does not give a fuck what you post because you can find anything on Twitter. And I mean anything. You want to find clown porn? Trust me, it's on Twitter. There is so many sites, nudity, uh, like porn, boobs, butt, you know, man on man. You know, you can find all of this shit on Twitter. No one reports shit except for Donald Trump, apparently, who is barred from Twitter and a few other people. But like other than that... You can find anything, but you post one firecracker up a guy's ass and all of a sudden Facebook and Instagram are trying to cancel you. So I don't know. Uh, that's, um, that's Zuckerberg, I guess. Motherfucker. Okay, let's move on to a music headline. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's kind of a sad headline. Uh, the results of how DMX passed away uh, have finally come out. And uh, it, as was first feared and first thought, he did have a heart attack that was caused by a cocaine overdose. Um, that uh, that caused a lack of blood circulation to his brain. Uh, it sucks, man. I mean, th this is such a sad end to such an iconic rapper from my childhood. The guy was literally the definition of a rap superstar, and he died broke and on drugs. And it's sad. It really is sad. I mean, I know he made a bunch of movies. I mean, he made one with Steven Seagal and a few other ones. All the movies were garbage. But it was just great to see DMX because, you know, it just, the, some of his songs are amazing, man. Like, your, your Rough Riders Anthem, I'm sorry, it, that, that's one of the fucking greatest rap songs of all time. And it's just sad that to know that he died alone, overdosing, having a heart attack, and uh, broke. It just, it, it's, it's fucking sad, so. 
Ah, DMX. Um, all right, let's move on to something a little more happy, shall we? Here is a headline that confirms my suspicions about theme parks uh, that I always knew. I always said it. And here we go. Woman dies due to force of roller coaster ride. A 47-year-old Ohio woman died from severe blood loss internally after riding a roller coaster in Indiana in June. Don Jankovic was found unresponsive on June 4th in her seat on the Voyage Wooden Roller Coaster at, wait for this name, Holiday World and Splashin Safari. Um, she had just ridden uh, the roller coaster with her 17-year-old son. The coroner ruled that her death had nothing to do with the ride itself, but it was basically the force of the roller coaster that caused an avulation of the right internal thoracic artery. She was taken to hospital, but later died. Now see, this is funny. Well, not sorry, let me rephrase that. This is not funny. This is odd. No, odd? Okay. This is ironic. We'll go with ironic. Um, that I told my wife, and I've been telling my kids for fucking ever that roller coasters are killers and now i have been vindicated so never again no more roller coasters for me boy there will be no leviathan there will be no behemoth there will be no canna's wonderland in general i'm done with that place i will stick to the merry-go-round and the goddamn beer tent but uh oh before i get to the next story who in the hell named that theme park uh, Holiday World and Splash and Safari? Are you serious? Does that not sound like a title from a National Lampoon's movie? I could totally see, well, not Chevy Chase now because he's 75 years old and he's racist, but before when they were actually making movies, I could totally see Chevy Chase taking his fucking family to that theme park because I know he did an episode of the, the, the vacation where they went to a theme park. So I don't know. That's the first thing that popped into my head. What a horrible name for a theme park. All right, and now my favorite story of the day. Here we go. British man becomes first ever man to vertically break his penis. Doctors in England have recorded the first ever known case of penile fracture. Or, in simpler terms, a man broke his penis vertically during sex. Breaks in the penis aren't totally uncommon, but a penis can bend awkwardly, which can cause painful swelling. In fact, the doctor stated that up to 88.5% of penile fractures occur during sexual intercourse. Doctors did not reveal what position the man was in, but they likely concluded it was either doggy style or man-on-top missionary. Um, other less reported causes of penile fracture include masturbation, sleeping on your stomach, and something called taquanidan. T-A-Q-A-A-N-D-A-N. I have no idea how to pronounce that. It is the practice of forcibly bending the penis, primarily practiced in Middle Eastern countries. Why? Why would you want to bend your penis? I Sure. Anyways. Apparently, the man in question was lucky, however, as he was able to resume sexual activity within six months of the injury and his erections were the same as ever. So no permanent damage was done to his penis. But here's what the story does not uh, write, or does not give us the details on, was how was the man's cock fixed? Um, did they give him antibiotics? Did they give him a popsicle stick for a splint? Did they do aromatherapy? They didn't say how it was fixed. They just said he was all better. 
Um, maybe a little bit more just in case. I mean, what you never know if it happens to you and it's an emergency situation. Maybe I need to do this immediately before I go to the hospital, which even if I had to go to the hospital, I think I would be totally embarrassed saying I broke my penis during anything, especially masturbation or forcibly bending it. Um, but also, I'm also a guy who went to the hospital and said he drank a bottle of hot sauce. So who the fuck knows? Uh, let's get to one last story that actually developed over the weekend, uh, and it's completely crazy that this shit could have gone down. Um, in case, well, obviously some of you don't don't know, but some of you do. The Major League Baseball All Star Game is scheduled to be played. Uh, what's today? I, I believe the home run derby is tonight, so I think the game is actually tomorrow. Um, and over the weekend, a story came out that a possible shooting was po- a possible shooting was stopped at Major League Baseball All-Star Game as cops find stockpile of weapons. Uh, Let's see what we got here. A quick-thinking hotel housekeeper might have saved a lot of lives in Colorado. Needless to say, let's hope they get a raise for this one. Uh, The Major League Baseball All-Star Game might have been the site of a horrible tragedy. A housekeeper at the hotel in Denver found a stockpile of guns and ammunition, and then she called the cops. Three men and one woman have been arrested. This went down in Denver at the Maven Hotel, just blocks away from Coors Field, the site of the Major League All-Star Game, uh, which happens this weekend or this week. Cops found a ton of artillery when following up on a housekeeper's call that uh, she'd found something that she wanted to report to police. ABC7 in Denver reports that 16 Long guns were confiscated along with more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition. They also found body armor in the hotel room. This room had a balcony that overlooked downtown Denver, so thankfully they didn't get a chance to use these weapons, right? Uh, Three of the four suspects have criminal records, and one allegedly posted a Facebook message saying they would go out in a big way. This is still an ongoing story, and more details are yet to come out. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, man, I mean, you have to figure, and I do have American listeners, so what I'm going to say, I don't want you guys to take offense to, but your gun problem in America is ridiculous, um, and, and and then people posting on social media that they're going to do stuff and then stuff happens, I mean, this is happening more and more and more, school shootings and, and all this stuff and shootings at Walmart and look, man, like, there's a few comedians that have done bits on this and I think Jim Jeffries did the best one and and he he made so many points that stuck with me and one of them is there's no need for automatic weapons there really isn't unless you're in the military or on some sort of special crazy like police force you don't need automatic weapons if you're a hunter or any of this stuff then a handgun and maybe a shotgun is all you really need and I don't want to hear any of this well I got to protect my family you don't Nobody needs an automatic weapon to protect their family. If you can't shoot somebody who's just like, if someone breaks into your house to rape your wife and and steal your TV and whatever else, you don't need an automatic weapon because if you can't hit them with with a handgun or a shotgun, then you shouldn't own guns. I'm sorry, it's just that simple. So, and I'm not picking on Americans because we do have a problem in Canada as well. I'm not saying that we are are innocent because we are not, but... I guess because of the the size of of you guys, it's way worse. But come on, man, this has to stop at some point. And I realize my podcast is going to make no, uh, you know, it's not going to put a dent in in, in the the gun uh, the gun argument at all. 
So, I mean, what I'm saying is really just me venting, but for those of you listening, I hope you all agree with me because I've always been anti-guns from day one. That's actually why I never applied to be a cop. Well, let's be honest, uh, with my track record with, with uh, running into police with, with people like Derek and Tone and such, I probably wouldn't have been on the force anyway, but I've never liked guns. And that's why even when I was a kid, I never dreamed of being a cop like other people because I've just been anti-gun since day one. And now I'm even so further down the rabbit hole of anti-gun. Um, but I'm not the kind of guy to impress my values on you. I just hope you all agree with me at the end of the day. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for today for Monday's show. And yes, see that? I know the days of the week, even though this is my day off. But that's all I've got for you today. Uh, but rest assured, I will have another amazing show for you in three days on Thursday. Uh, I'm not going to give you guys a spoiler on what I have for you because, truthfully, I don't have a fucking idea. But I do know that my merchandise has come in. So... I am going to be doing an ad read that I'm being paid for, um, and I'm going to be giving you guys prizes for showing me that you are helping out with um, with what I'm about to do. So it's, it's going to be kind of like a contest, but um, I just got the email today saying that we are in business, and I have to go over a few minor details. Rest assured, I will get to you more on Thursday, and I will tell you more about how you can earn yourself a little bit of hostile environment merchandise to rock on your hat or the back of your neck or your car or your birth certificate. I don't know. Anyways, we are done here. And until Thursday, I have to say those magical words that you guys all associate with the show now. And that is bye for now.